You are listening to Genuine Chit Chat. This show is for real. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week, I'm speaking with Jennifer Campbell-Sterling about a wide variety of things, primarily focusing on how she got through her depression. So this conversation goes across all kinds of places, so the depression is really just the jumping off point, but from there we speak about relationships, Jennifer's connection with God, how shame is quite a major pitfall of religion, the importance of music in her life because Jennifer is the sister of the violinist Lindsay Sterling, and then Jennifer also ends the conversation by speaking about astrology and how she uses that to help elements of her life, those sorts of things, so it goes across spirituality, religion, astrology, mental health, music, all kinds of different elements of things. And these conversations are specifically just to widen people's perspectives and horizons on these elements. I'm not specifically saying any of these things are things that I necessarily follow or that they are right or wrong. I just like speaking to people about their variety of perspectives on how they perceive the world and how their perceptions can assist them with living in this very complex way that we do at the moment. So those are all the things you kind of need to know before delving in there, as well as there is a very mild trigger warning because the term rape is used in this. It's one or two sentences in there. Uh, we don't sort of delve into that, but there is like a metaphor that Jennifer used at one point that mentions that, so just to warn there. But also make sure you check out all the show notes for a variety of different things that Jennifer's spoken about, including her grandmother's music, her website, her social media, and some of the other websites she has listed. So that's going to be enough from me, my friends. I hope you enjoy this conversation and I'll be back right at the end to give you a bit more information and things. And if you want to watch the video version of this conversation, go over to youtube.com slash genuinechitschat. It should be released within 24 hours of this audio version being released as well. So thanks as always, and I present to you Jennifer Campbell-Sterling. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. I'm here today with someone who's had quite an incredible journey. There's lots of little tangents we could go on to talk about a wide variety of elements of your life and of those around you, but we're going to focus on yourself. So we are speaking with Jennifer Sterling. Jennifer, it's been delightful just speaking with you before pressing recording and kind of getting to know you and listening and things. So um, how are you doing, basically? I'm doing great. I was we were talking about the baby goats I just yep. helped <laughs> And my new baby, so I've got babies everywhere. And um, I mean, life is busy and, and full and beautiful. My son's doing club soccer all week, every week. So I'm going to all those games. It's 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 good life. I'm really appreciative of being here and in the place I am right now. Honestly, like I'm, I'm happily married. I have great kids. Uh, we just bought our house. Um, so very, very, very good place. That's amazing. I only, I've not even been in the house I'm living in now for a year. I got that in May and then we spent like three months stripping wallpaper off, getting rid of floorboards that were uh, soaked with cat urine, which was good fun and smelt horrendous. Yeah. yeah. So replacing lots of stuff uh, in this house, (laughs) but we've, we've been settled in for a little while now. So I'm in the sympathetic uh, camp of that when it's, when it comes to home ownership, because it's, it's, it's a pain trying to get a house and all the rigmarole that one has to go through. And then when you finally have it, it's like, great, I've got the house. Now I need to change this and this and this. So, you know, ooh, hats off uh, to you. But one of the reasons sort of we end up uh, speaking in things or one of the kind of things you put forward uh, for us when we were uh, communicating via email was something about you, which was your mental health journey, which is something that you've been very open about and you've spoken about on other podcasts. Uh, but I want to sort of delve into because I think that your journey is very interesting and everyone's mental health journey is completely different. You know, even if there are similar threads and things, everyone experiences it differently. Everyone deals with it in, in lots of different ways. And I really liked your uh, perspective of it. So I wonder if you could speak to us a little bit about 
obviously you said in previous podcasts that you've had um chronic debilitate debilitating a depression which according to doctors was genetic which i know is something that's quite a controversial thing outside of just this conversation and i've had many conversations with my friends uh, disagreeing with that idea i think that there can be people who may have you know mental health uh, issues which are obviously genetic and things including depression but there are a large amount of cases where i feel as if doctors are diagnosing people with that because it's kind of an easy way out in a lot of ways so i wonder if you could give us as someone who's specifically been through that and knows uh, a lot more about it than i do how your kind of mental health journey sort of how it affected you as a child and kind of how you came out the other side and we'll just no explicit chronological order and i'll dip in and out but just uh please t- tell us absolutely so I, when, when we said chronic debilitating genetic depression, it's kind of like in quotations, mm-hmm, like yeah. that's what they like to say. Um, I don't believe it either. Um, kind of, I mean, I think that there's definitely things that can be passed down to us mm-hmm. through, through our genes, through our ancestors, um, through behaviors of our parents, which then we're, we're living those things out. But there comes a point where you have to start blaming your past or your genes and start taking ownership and doing something about it. And um, I can tell you, I tried everything under the sun to try not to be depressed and was raised very religiously, was taught that this is the plan of happiness. And if you do these things, you'll be happy. (laughs) And despite all of my efforts to do all the right things, I was not. And it didn't seem to matter what I did. And um, I circumvented the whole drug, you know, alcohol, you know, free sex, all, all those things that people often go to when they're depressed, because I believed in higher power. And I thought, well, I'm not going to do those things. But um, even doing the right things wasn't bringing me that joy that I could see was out there. Like I could see other people who I admired that were not struggling like me. And I wondered how they did it or why. But I also knew that um, I was taught in church that God can heal us. And so I I think there was just that piece of me that refused to give up all those years because I thought, well, if I just try a little harder, if I just do a little more, if I if I do these things or, you know, someday. And then eventually I kind of got to the point where I was like, well, maybe when I'm dead, he'll heal me. <laughs> like if I just live a good life, then he'll reward me with happiness after that. But a part of me even wasn't willing to believe it, even after the doctor said, well, this is just you for the rest of your life. Sorry. When my parents, you know, don't know what else to do for you. Sorry. Um, and, um, and nothing that I was doing seemed to have any effect. I started the Prozac journey about 15 years old, and it took the edge off of the anger and depression that I struggled with so much. So I thought, well, I could live life and tolerate it like this. But of course, it comes with side effects. And um, I also know from experience and talking to other people that not only did it make me tired, but it made it harder to connect mm. um, and maintain healthy connections with people. Those those chemicals just like you kind of need them. And uh, the problem was before that I couldn't connect either because I was so angry. <laughs> so it was just like the better of the two at the time um, until I was about 25 and I had a conversation with my mom over the phone and she was just like, oh, heads up, I just went to my doctor because she took Prozac too. And she said, I asked him about the long-term side effects. And he told me that they're now finding that people who take this long-term kind of just turn into couch potatoes and they don't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. And and that to me was like worse than death. Like I couldn't even accept that reality of future. If, if I'm like, if that's the reality of this, I can't take this anymore. And what is that going to do to me? I'm going to turn into a monster again. 
So like, I just felt like caught in a tough place. Like I can't, I like, cause you're damned. If you do, you're damned. If you don't like, what do I do? And I literally threw up my arms and I was like, you know what? Gosh, dang it. God, you made me, <laughs> you know how to fix me. So do it. And it wasn't a nice, Oh, please help me. It was, Oh no, now like I'm done. <laughs> and it was like that point where I was like, I give up and I'm not trying anymore. Like I mean, you're going to fix me. And it was like this surrendering moment where I also decided. And something I learned later about the word decide is that when you decide something, you're literally cutting off all other options. <laughs> so there was only one option for me and it was, I'm going to heal. And that's when everything started to change. Long story short, I started um, very quickly, um, thought I'd tried everything, right? And you hear that all the time. Oh, I've tried everything. If you haven't been healed, you haven't tried everything <laughs> because there's something out there that will work for you. And it's different for everybody. But for me, it was fish. And I, I didn't even realize it at the time. I just did it as kind of a health, you know, trial. Like, oh, this sounds healthy. I'll eat fish three days a week. Um, three months down the road, forgot to go get my prescription. Um, it was five days after I should have gotten it. And by day three, I would have been a mess. It was day five. And I, as I was getting ready to go get the prescription, I realized I was fine. Not only fine, but like that I wasn't tired. I felt better than I had ever in my, probably my entire life because my life up to that point was literally wake up in the morning, like new day. Okay. And then my cereal bowl would spill and the day was ruined. <laughs> it was like, it just never was okay. I was always stressed. Everything ticked me off. If you would like hit me on accident, I'd be like, Oh, I want to hit him. Like it was just constantly like that. So to feel this kind of calm and peace and just being okay because I was always mediocre or bad I was if I ever saw like happy it was because I was at Disneyland and I got on the ride really quickly you know like it was like it was very short and sweet and then it was over so I recognized that this was working and I cried because I couldn't believe it like I really didn't believe it would help me and so at that point I when I realized that fish could do that I was like okay what more can I do like, I want to know everything. And so I I never went back and refilled another prescription for that ever again. And I learned everything I could about natural healing, natural everything. I started using herbs. It was trial and error and sometimes very stressful because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> um, you know, treated my kids like the guinea pigs. Here, try this. Let's see if that works for your cold, you know. <laughs> Usually would try it first on myself and then, and then you know, help the kids. But um, now it's just a part of my life. It's just how I operate. Um, I eat very, very little sugar. Um, it took me about 10 years before I stopped craving it. It should tell you how addictive it is. But um, when I got off of sugar, I, I literally went through withdrawals. <laughs> it was hard. So the fish was like the big, aha. And then after that, it was like, I would, it's kind of like the guy in the Emperor's New Groove, the, the old man. <laughs> <laughs> Who would like be like, I'm free, I'm free. And then he'd fall into a hole and be like, dang it. Like that's kind of how the journey was after that. Like I'm like, I'm free. And then I would hit a wall and go, oh shoot, there's more to do. <laughs> it's just like layers and layers and layers to work through. But that's the beauty of of the body and the spirit. I think that it, it can for me, it would give me this respite. And then it was like, okay, time for the next step. The next step for me was I got terribly sick really sick so sick that um it was the same thing my grandmother had had but i knew if i went the route she did which was go to doctors i'd end up just like her and so i looked at what it would take to do it naturally and i sobbed because i was like i'm gonna have to change everything 
oh, this is going to be hard. And I couldn't eat anything I wanted. And um, at the time, it was just like, oh, this is disgusting. I hate, you know, quinoa, gross. But now, again, like, it's what my body literally craves and wants. So you can actually change who you are on a fundamental level, what your body wants, what who, what you want, who you are. And I think keeping that perspective, even if it's just 10 years in the future. Now, for me, because I have such a religious mindset and a spiritual mindset, I'm thinking like eternity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, like even if this life is really, really, really bad for me and I struggle, like it's an experience I can learn from it. And that alone makes me have feel a sense of joy. So even when my life feels like it's falling apart and, oh, this is rough. Like there's been days when it it was so bad, like the day my <laughs> my second husband, because I've been married two other times before I found like a happy marriage. Um, the day he left, he just walked out and um, devastated, absolutely devastated. And my kids were sitting there and it was my oldest son. I think he was 10 at the time. And he he, he said, gosh, today was the same day of Hurricane Harvey. And my first husband, um, he'd just taken me to court and I lost half the time with them. So we now had to share. And, and that had come through that day as well. Oof. So my my son, so I'm losing my kids and my husband and I'm just sitting there going, ah, and my son starts laughing. He goes, today's a really bad day. <laughs> and we just, we just all started laughing. He's like, what do you do? <laughs> like, Get up and keep going. And I mean, I didn't like bounce back that day. It took me a good three months of mourning, you know, that loss. But I decided, okay, I'm going to give myself, you know, like I I think I got to month two and I was like, I'm going to give myself one more month and then I'm going to move on. You know, one more month to be kind of sad and depressed and just work this through my system. And then I'm, I'm done. So I worked really hard. You know, I, I talked to people, I got you know, life coach and would go running. And and I joined a little adult soccer league (laughs) just to keep myself doing something busy. And um, three months and I was like, okay, let's do this. You know, moving on Um, and started dating again. So. And then you found, you know, the perfect man, which I've heard from, uh, I think it was on, was it on the happy and single podcast? I think that was around the time, but you'd been, you you had uh, been married at that point, I think, when you went on yes. that podcast and things. So you, you were talking and about he's wonderful. Is he perfect? No, but he's he's like he's my person. He's my my other half. And and I think it, the, what the difference that it made was that I came whole and he came whole. And no one's a hundred percent whole, but mm-hmm. you know closer than I've ever been. So that you're not needing the person to be happy. They just add to that happiness. And um, then you're it's like a help meet, someone that you're giving, they're giving. You're all givers instead of one taking and um, you feeling drained or or the other way around. But having two people who are equally yoked, as we we like to say it, um, two oxen. You know, you're pulling together, not just like one an oxen that's like I don't feel like it today, and then you're pulling. <laughs> both of you and oxen are heavy so <laughs> <laughs> i also love your reference to the emperor's new groove because that is a criminally underrated movie oh my um, gosh it's so good <laughs> I, do, I love it so much we're actually uh, i've got a as a podcast mini series i do with a couple friends of mine it's called disney discussions where you watch disney movies of a certain theme <laughs> and it's my pick next and i've gone underrated animated disney movies is what we choose and it's like emperor's new groove atlantis uh, and treasure planet and i was like the other two they're, they're fine but it's literally just any excuse to watch emperor's new groove like yeah. cronk in that is just i love him oh, so much he's like a puppy <laughs> 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 can have a whole podcast talking about that but um 
Yeah, I mean, I appreciate all your openness uh, and honesty about all of those things. And, you know, one's journey in life, even if one is close to God, it doesn't mean that it goes without hardship and it doesn't mean without learning. And one of the perspectives that I I really like and one of the things uh, taken from you speaking of your struggle is that your faith in God helped you sort of hold on and God did guide you in sort of ways to do it. But God will only give you, say, a helping hand to a degree. You still need to put the work in. So I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about that in a bit more detail, sort of your relationship with God and how that's helped you, but also how you had to kind of help yourself as well. Yeah. And I think that's a very misunderstood concept, um, not just with um, religious people, but, you know, just any, any, in any capacity mm-hmm. just uh, even when i'm at church sometimes i'm when people make comments i'm just like um <laughs> 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 but uh basically it really it, if you believe in any higher power whatsoever like it just any kind of even if it's just good energy versus bad energy surrendering to that and realizing that there are things in this world you can't do you just you can't and unless you let it go and let that good energy or that higher power or God basically take the reins. If you believe in manifesting, it's like, like giving up trying so hard to make things happen and allowing them to come to you. Mm-hmm. And then just recognizing it when it shows up, because there's, of course, counterfeits that sometimes will come your way and be like, oh, that will make me happy. Or maybe this will, but, but being able to learn how to recognize that's it. That's the thing. And being grateful for it, um, even though when it shows up, like for me, I was not in a place to be grateful for my, the sickness I was experiencing at the time. <laughs> I was mad. Um, I did it anyway. It took tremendous willpower, but willpower will only take you so far. Um, every person who uses willpower will eventually use it up and then you're you're lost. There's no more left. So being able to have that either person, like to me, I rely on a, a God, like he's my person or energy that you don't understand. Just, I know there's something out there that is greater than me. And I am choosing to hold on to that, that Mm. there's something greater than myself, something that brings light and life into this world and um, believing that whatever it is will help you, whether it's angels or, um, or God or just energy and um, receiving it. So for me, when I started eating the fish and I realized, holy cow, this is working. It felt like, and I and I know I've said this before, but it felt like I, for years, for the first, you know, first 25, almost 30 years of my life, I was banging up against a wall. Like, I want to get through. I want to get through. It was too tall to climb. There's no ladders around. And every la- even if I found one, it would break. It was just, there was no way over this wall. And it was hurting me every time I tried to hit up against it by myself because I needed a bulldozer. And the <laughs> the surrendering was like, I can't do it. Letting the bulldozer come break it down for me. And then all I had to do was step forward. So it's not like I had to just be like, I just give up and I don't want to do anything anymore. Like boulders are comes and then I get to continue walking forward. Whereas it was hurting me before. Now there's no, the pain is gone. Mm. And that's what Christians can refer to as like the Christ atonement where he paid for our sins and our sorrows and our, our pains where it's just the, the pain is gone. So I could then start doing other work. I could go back to my past in my mind and reconcile some of these things that had happened and do them over, but from a different perspective, perspective of love and kindness and forgiveness. And forgiveness, I think, is the key to everything. If you learn how to forgive, you've won. Like that is that is the trial of or the, the one thing in life that I think is the hardest to learn, 
the hardest to give to yourself and to others, but it is the key to happiness. The faster you can let go of things and move on, the happier you will be, period. That goes for marriages, that goes for things, you know, mistakes you make, embarrassments, um, past pains. I mean, you, people like to blame their past. Well, I was raped when I was four or, or 12. And I'm like, yeah, but you're 26. And it's like, you're still letting him rape you every single day because you were not letting it go. You really want to give him that much power? That person who raped you, he's still hurting you. Well, it's just how psychology, I'm like, bullcrap. Like you can get over this. You can let it go and I'll, it takes forgiveness. Is it easy? Can you just say, oh, well, yeah, I forgive. Maybe not today, but you've got to start somewhere. You, it's, it, it's you, it's you who's now hurting yourself. And so if you want to blame your past, blame your present, blame the people, you can. It's not going to do you any good. It's You're just throwing dark energy at yourself or letting them hurt you, whether it's someone you know, you're married to or someone from your past. It doesn't matter. And um, so I think the blame game is our biggest problem. And in this you know, psychology, whether it's um, depression, anxiety, bipolar, schizophrenia, um, stop blaming. Just own what is right now and do what you can. And then let that higher power do the stuff you can't. <laughs> so there are some things you can't change. I can't change, for example, the um, fact that I married the first time I have kids with someone that I share with now. I can't change that. I can't change the things that go on at his house. But I can pray for them. I can do things differently at my house. And I can teach them and uphold them and, and nurture them in that way. And then pray they learn from both of our bad examples <laughs> to do it better. Um, but, you know, sometimes you just have to wield that patience and then turn the rest over. Like, that's not in my control, but I can look to the light and ask whatever that light is to take care of that for me. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of going with the ebb and flow of the world. And as someone who's not religious, I still believe I still get feelings and I still get these. I call it the pull. Um, so it feels like something in my core is being pulled by something. And if, if I believed in a deity, it would be god pulling my soul like gently guiding me in a certain direction but it's even though i'm not a religious individual i i, I can feel there there are times where something happens and i get a feeling before it happened there's a really odd one which a friend of ours um when they told us that they got pregnant um they called uh, because they were good friends of my partner megan and they called uh, megan and spoke to her and megan was like, oh that's really good and i heard over the phone and i had it's the worst feeling i've had in my life that's not like a physical pain i had a gut punch really hard and i it was so weird and i i said to megan i was like something's wrong i was like some i, I don't want to jinx it or anything but i was like something seems wrong it turned out that that uh, baby ended up having cancer which is horrendous but thank wow. god i'm saying this story because he's a lovely he's like two or three now he's lovely he's completely it's all gone basically um he's still obviously occasionally getting checkups and things but we see him occasionally you could not tell he's the happiest little boy ever and he's great <laughs> um but like that was a weird thing and then when megan when megan and i met we, we met on a dating app um but when we did she messaged me first and i immediately got this feeling and i was just like something i was already talking to someone who was eh. um but then when as soon as megan messaged i was like I feel something there's there's some sort of connection here and you know I've been with her for nearly five years and we've got a dog and a house and all kinds of other stuff and I'm hoping to live spend my life with her as well uh, that's the goal but it's like there's certain times in my life where I've just had a good or a bad feeling I get more good feelings than bad to be fair but sometimes even with podcasting it's really weird I'll be like 
oh, I haven't heard back from this person, which happens sometimes. And then I go, should I message them back and then or email them just to follow up? And there's always, there's a part of me that goes, no, maybe, maybe just don't maybe just put it off and for a while i was like maybe that's maybe that's me just being lazy but anytime i get that feeling every time the person will message like the next day or something like that and it's just like something i i view as the universe but you know who's to say that god isn't a combination of the consciousnesses throughout earth and the universe all kind of each of it is a piece of god and you put it all together and it forms the great consciousness of god which is beyond human comprehension because we're a part of it we are we are part of god because we're made from god literally that as well as our minds and our souls so there's all kinds of elements of it that of religion that i really i find intriguing and i do like to take lessons because i was i was raised uh, my parents weren't religious but i went to a catholic school for the first six or seven years of my life um which did put me off christianity catholicism for quite a while i was been making my way back but it's it's one of those interesting things that the ebb and the flow and just kind of going with like your gut is always something i always used to think is nonsense or intuition or things like that but i hear whether it's someone spiritual religious or anyone it's just there are some times where you just kind of know and you should kind of feel and i think surrendering yourself and kind of you know going back to your mind of when you decide to do something is blocking off all other options and it's like kind of if you decide to allow things in you do kind of take a step back you know you let whatever needs to go past you be it a bulldozer or whatever go past you i think that's so important for people to hear because sometimes the best thing to do really is actually to take a step back you know you've got a problem in front of you that you're tearing your hair at you can't solve leave it till tomorrow and you'll probably have an answer and i think that's a lot of where you're coming from kind of fits in with a lot of those uh, ideologies yeah, and and being patient. I think before I, I was running in circles, using my energy and anger in just all the wrong ways, and and you can use that same passion <laughs> in a way that will move you forward instead of in a circle. Um, but what you were saying about your gut, so true. And I think different people feel things in different ways. Like I feel it in in the gut, the the chest, um, like a warm feeling that goes whoof, like right above my head. Um, but I'll ask different people and they say, well, I feel it, you know, this way. And some people will get like a really intense and they'll only get it once and then not again. So it's really important they listen the first time because <laughs> they won't get it again <laughs> or um, their emotions. Like I know some emotionally um, in- inspired people who if they're in the emotion of it, they can't make that decision or it's going to be the wrong one. Mm-hmm. Like they have to let the emotions go through. And that might take five minutes, it might take five days, it might take five months or five years, depending on what the decision is. But to just let those emotions ride the wave and then you'll know, like you'll, you'll know at the end. And if you practice kind of your authority, like what you know works for you, you can get really good at those yes and no's. Like I I, I ask myself yes and no questions all the time or I'm asking God, but um, or asking for something. <laughs> like Sometimes I'm like, I need a quarter. You know? like, <laughs> I need a quarter and then I'll go around the corner and there's one on the floor. Or the other day I was painting um, outside. I was, I needed to paint a post and my mom came over to help me with the baby. And I was running at a time. I had to be an appointment and she's like, it's almost three o'clock. And I'm going, I know, I know, I know. So I'm trying to finish this post and I'm thinking, gosh, dang it. I forgot to bring a bag for my brush and down the road. It's just like the wind's blowing a bag in my direction. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, thank you. put the put it in there and I was able to go off on my way but even things as silly as that that I have just learned to be like so grateful for and laugh and be like this is hilarious and life is so fun and interesting um it's not always fun and interesting of course um usually interesting not always fun but mm. I 
when you were talking about your friend where you felt that gut, like something's wrong. I had about three months. Um, I, I, um, <laughs> during the COVID thing, I posted something that made someone really angry and they decided to unfriend me forever. And I tried to reach out to them and was like, I'm really sorry. Like, I, you know, I think you're a wonderful person. I didn't mean to offend you. And they never talked to me again. <laughs> like to this day, they were done. And, um, for the, for, a, it was around that time that I started getting this, like, I, I would lay down and I'd feel my throat closing up and weight on my chest. And I was like, what is this? And if it was the past, I would have maybe been freaking out. Like what's wrong with me and having anxiety and I need to go to the doctor and, ah, but I, I asked one of my yes and no questions. I was like, is this something I need to go to the doctor for? And it was no. And I was like, it's energy. And I got, yes. It's like, okay. <laughs> so at first I thought it was, it was this friend of mine. I was like, maybe he's just so mad and I need to get, you know, get kind of work through this energy, pray for him, pray for me, you know, just try to diffuse that. And I did that and it wasn't very effective. And I was kind of confused because usually I could kind of get stuff like that to let up. And uh, three months later, I was still having trouble. I even asked my husband to give me a blessing one time because I couldn't sleep. I felt like every time I was about to fall asleep, I would, my, I would like stop breathing. And I was like, this is so weird. This is so weird. I don't know what's going on, but I'm kind of scared. Um, that next week, uh, and it had been like three months by this time, and I was like, I hope I don't have to live with this forever. Um, I saw on Facebook, because I've been avoiding it as of late because of so many people were so angry, and I was just like, yeah, I want to back <laughs> off of that. But I saw that my friend, um, she's a singer, a beautiful singer, and she had for the past little while been sick. But she'd gotten to the point where she um, almost died. And it was something to do with, like, the vocal cords, the, the um, what do you call this, <laughs> esophagus. Mm -hmm. um, and, it, and it was, she almost, she almost died because she couldn't breathe. And I realized that it was her. And as soon as I started praying for her and asking for comfort and release and um, just, like, some, you know, whatever I thought maybe she would need, it went away and it never came back. Wow. It, it was crazy. And then I talked to her. She couldn't speak for a long time. So she'd text me. But a, about a year later, she finally called me and I was like, oh, that you know, how are you doing? And I asked her how and I was like, you know, I felt you <laughs> for like three months. It was killing me. And you know, like, I can only imagine what it was doing to you because I was just feeling like probably the residual of whatever it was like, hello, I need help. I need prayers. Um, and I didn't know it was you until I figured out it was you. And she goes, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I said, how did it feel? Like, what were you going through? And she said, Jen, I'm not kidding. And I'm not exaggerating when I say it felt like someone was pouring acid down my throat, strangling me, and that I was drowning at the same time. Oof. And then, like, it was, it, it was, it was just awful. But um, just interesting that it, it took me a while to figure out what it was. But it was like this, the higher, my higher power was trying to tell me this person needs you person needs you to pray for her i know you can do it mm -hmm. and um but i think that a lot of times people don't realize especially people with um tendencies towards oh my gosh i'm having a heart attack and those like anxiety type things they might just be feeling somebody else and to just acknowledge that this might not be and even if it is like working through it as an observer you know looking at it like huh my heart is racing i might have a heart attack i mean maybe i don't know you know, maybe, maybe I should go to the doctor. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, I've been through this before. It usually calms down and just observe it. Or maybe, or maybe this is 
somebody who's going through something right now who's scared or or whatnot and i'm just feeling them right now it's not necessarily even me so to just kind of keep that idea open-mindedness here this is probably really woo for some people but um i found that to be accurate more times than not yeah. and just asking myself who is this rather than freaking out <laughs> of course it's one of those and it's like whenever i have these conversations with people um i know some like, i've got quite a wide berth of listeners you know some of them are more open and spiritual and you say anything to them they're like that sounds cool and there's other ones who are more scientifically skeptic and things and i like to whenever we speak about spiritual things on the show i always like to try and kind of try and rationalize it in some way um yeah, just well, so mother, to, and mother and baby i mean yeah. mothers and babies connect exactly like their heartbeats um when people well, or when you're singing with a group, their yeah. their hearts are start beating at the same time. So there's mm-hmm. connection on so many scientific levels. Agreed. Yeah, there's the circadian rhythm. I think all living cells like have this rhythm that connects with the sun and the earth and how things go, and it's like all kinds of crazy stuff. And I like when it comes to things like the feelings. It's like even if someone doesn't believe in a higher power, at the end of the day, if you bring it down to a scientific thing, is that we're all made from the same general matter. So if we're all made, then we're all connected, even if, you know, even through the air we're connected, you know, it's one of those things. So I just look at it like in any way I try and rationalize it, it could still be possible because it's just there are senses that humans can't there are things that humans can't sense an example i always give of this is uh if you look at radiation or like a uv light you know or you hear you know you blow a dog whistle we can't hear it but we know that dogs can so there's sounds we can't hear there's things we can't see and the amount of mystery and amazement there it must be in the universe on this planet and things and just things that we can't sense because you know if you if you never had eyes or vision you would never know that sight was a thing if you never had ears and you never heard anything you would never know sound was a thing and it's things like that where it's like there are things that humans are probably sensing that we don't even realize that we are sensing and i think that things like that even if it was if it is god telling you or if it is just your deep connection with this friend of yours going through you know the the air or whatever or just deep connections with the people and as i said earlier you know memories are just electric things in our brain so it's like well and it's just energy so it's like well how who's to say energy can't be sent you know across wherever who's to say that your friend can't be in so much suffering that they're letting out almost ripples of pain through the stratosphere and you just have like a an internal antenna that's kind of tuning into it and that's how you know there's all kinds of things i always go whenever people speak about these things i'm always like even if one tries to take it away from anything spiritual, which I'm not opposed to. I'm fine with that stuff. I, I like to always say to listeners, try and be open with it because there are ways scientifically you can explain these elements. And I just think that the way whenever you speak about it, you always speak about it in a very easy to understand way, a very open way. But you still talk about your personal experience, which is one thing that I've really drawn to you in your uh in the many podcasts I've listened to you speaking on, I just, I really like that way of you speaking. And even when you said about forgiveness and things and how important that is, I know that was a little while ago now, but that is so important. Learning to forgive yourself. And as you said, like in relationships, how many relationships must there be that just fail? Cause people can't forgive each other. If it's something tiny. And I just think there's so many words of wisdom that you have for so many different elements of the life you've lived and i think that that's probably a telling of when you were going through this struggle and it was like you know why is god putting me through these things why am i suffering now you're kind of at the other side it's like not to say use the term uh incorrectly but almost it's almost like you're enlightened it's almost like you've got these you've gone through the struggle and now you're at the other side and you can kind of help people so i just think it's amazing well hindsight is definitely 2020 <laughs> <laughs> yes 
when you're in it, it's it's muggy and you know you feel like you're in in uh, like mud water and you can't mm-hmm. see anything. But now, like I look back on my life, which was very messy, and I'm so grateful for it. I'm so grateful for it, and I can appreciate it. And I've learned even to be especially grateful for the most difficult people in my life, like the people who caused me the most pain, because those are the people that gave me the opportunity to grow the most. Because I, I think I even when I, you know, one from a, a few years ago that um, I, at the time I was like, just why, 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 why? <laughs> just stop, like, just leave me alone and on. And uh, I, I was just asking these questions. I'm like, why not you? Like, this is this is a gift. Like, this is forcing you to go. You can either complain and cry and blame them and that they're not going to change. This is, but if you want to be happy, you're going to have to change. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, but when, whenever something hard happens or difficult people, it's like, why not you? Why not me? Like this, this is, it's an opportunity, even though at the time, I, you know, I want to throw a little tantrum, just, ah, I don't want to. But then you get through the other side. If you, if you handle it well, if you don't handle it well, you usually keep getting that same lesson over and over again. It'll keep coming until you learn it. So learn quickly. It's <laughs> my best advice, or at least, you know, do that surrender thing where like, I can't do it. Will you take care of it so I can move on? Um, that's valid too. And I, I think different people feel differently. And I think that um, any person who minimizes the way that someone feels, and I, and I mean, on a intuitive level, whether they receive intuition through their dreams or through their thoughts or through a way that they feel through their gut, through their head, through a prick in their ear, like it, it doesn't, it could seem so silly or through my, you know, uh, spiritual animal that comes and visits me, I, you know, I, it doesn't matter what it is, but everybody feels so differently. And if it works for you, and it's bringing joy into your life and putting you in a different in a in the right directions and um i just i don't think god cares how you listen i just think he wants you to listen cuz he wants you to be happy <laughs> so if you don't believe in him he's like cool i don't care like just take the bait i'm like trying to help you here <laughs> just take it i love you and if you're listening it's awesome it's not like Oh, I'm going to punish you if you're bad. It's I want to help you and I want you to have joy and happiness and I want you to become more divine and more enlightened because the when the when you're letting go of the things that are keeping you captive, whether that's an emotion or your past or drugs or whatever it is, whatever addiction it is. Um, some people are addicted to being angry or addicted to hating people like they did. That's the, the thing that they resolve to or they would just resort right to that thing. Um, that's captivity like that. That's hell. Okay, and being free of all of that to be able to actually make a choice versus operating on default or reaction is hell versus heaven, in my opinion. Amazing. Yeah, I I completely agree. And I I like that whenever I've when I was a teenager, um, I was quite anti-religion in general um you know i had some bad experiences and things and then i kind of learned about some of the uh, atrocities that has been caused in pretty much all religion or as at least an excuse for all religion even today people do horrible things and claim it's for a religious thing even though the thing they're doing is going literally against all the teachings terrible (laughs) (laughs) exactly so it's like when i was younger i was very anti all this sort of stuff but then as i started looking into things a lot more looking into various religions and things a lot more i was just you know there are certain interpretations that can be taken from a variety of things i'm not here to focus on those elements because it could be a 20-hour podcast and still want to scratch the surface but it's about 
interpretation is a part of it but i think that i like to try and be optimistic now when i was a teenager i wasn't and then i went through in two years three members of my family passed away um my grandmother my dad and then my uncle all for different things and all in different ways and it was one of those times in my life that was you know at the time i was a bit the kind of thing it was just kind of why me why is you know our grandma's just died oh and now my dad's cancer's come back and now he's you know dying and all these things and i was like, oh, finally you know the death's gone my uncle is now the sort of uh, patriarch of the family he's kind of taking over and then he dies suddenly with without any warning and i'm just like what uh, yeah it was a lot to deal with and i was like 19 uh, 18 19 so it was just like it was a lot to deal with in my so becoming an adult but i've said on the podcast before but like that struggle has taught me more than anything and in the the struggle that happened there everything that happened of my life because of that was a such a learning experience and b such a a perception change that once i kind of got out of the grieving period and the degree of sort of substances i was abusing because of it once i got out of that and i kind of really took a while to be by myself and really go like okay how do i process this rather than just you know basically just distracting myself well how do i really process it and after i'd got through that one thing for me was really that whole idea of if you put out good vibes if you're just trying to be a happier person if you try and help people just friends if they need a hand with moving or someone needs to borrow a you know 10 pounds for the cinema or something you know i'm really showing my age thing that no one's have to borrow money from the cinema for years because you order online but still you know these kind of little things that people do and just trying where you can to be happy optimistic and helpful and i was like it sounds like such a cliche but since having that kind of life experience and changing my own perception everything in my life has gotten better all my relationships have gotten better and i'm just generally happier like i made the effort as you say you know i i I made that decision myself to be like i'm gonna try and see the best in life because i've seen basically the worst of it in a lot of ways and i don't want other people to have to have my burdens on them i don't want me to go into someone else's be involved in someone else's life and just make them miserable like i've just had to experience from something that no that is no one's fault so i want to try where i can to make other people happier that change everything is better it's such a crazy thing absolutely i i yeah (laughs) i love that I just think it's it's a lot of the things that you've been speaking about with your life. And I like how you've got that optimistic side of things. And I think you've kind of, you contribute a degree of that to your faith and how what you take from that. So I wonder if you could talk to us a little bit more about with your relationship with God, how your faith really helps you. I know you've delved into it a little bit, but just like if you could, in, in your own words, if you could either define God or uh, your connection with them, just some sort of thing that's personal to you with your connection with the divine. I'd love to hear it. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been taught to pray my whole life, but I didn't actually learn how to pray until I actually got older. Like actually making it not just about kneeling down and saying words that asking for everything all of the time. I need this. I need that. Please bless this. Um, now my prayers, unless if, if I'm hurting, I'll ask for release. You know, I'll ask for very specific things. Not very, not vague. Help me get out of this. No. How am I going to get out of this? Will you do this, 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 or will you, um, get rid of this feeling I'm having of anger? I don't like it. Um, will you take, uh, the hate I'm feeling for this person right now? I don't want to hate them. Um, those types of requests, but the rest of it, I kneel down and I, give gratitude. So like most, a lot of people have gratitude journals. I don't like taking the time. It's just, it's hard for me to sit down and, and do do writing. And so for me, 
I make that my prayer. I sit down and I tell him everything I'm grateful for. And it could be like the silliest things. Like I'm grateful that, um, you know, I almost dropped a bucket of water and I didn't today. <laughs> the know, bag or, blowing in the wind. <laughs> but I'm thank you for that bag blowing in the wind or, you know, my, my children. I'm grateful for um, my son's health. I'm grateful that he didn't swallow anything <laughs> today that we shouldn't have. <laughs> I'm grateful for the joy he gives me. I'm grateful for this little fluffy keychain that I have. It makes me happy. Oh. You know, it, and just going through the whole gamut because in my mind, he created everything and he created this perfect life for me. And, and you know, perfect meaning it's not going to look perfect. But in the words of a friend of mine, when I was asking the why, why, why me, um, she described her life in a time when it was really messy. And then she had the <laughs> words come to her mind oh, it's looking so good. It's turning out just perfectly. And she was like, ah, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And he's no, 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 this is turning out beautifully. And to her, she was, she said, I was hearing God tell me this was like perfect, but that it really is like that our lives, I, I um, love astrology because you can look at that chart and see how there's no other chart just like yours. Not a single one of them. And you can see the connections and the, the ideas behind it. You know, and uh, Christians listening to this, if, if you are, um, I'm a Christian. I also love astrology because I think that there are clues there that can bring us closer to God. And um, looking at it just m- gives me more of a testimony that he's looking out for me, that like I agreed to this and that there is this perfect plan in place to have me experience all the things that Jennifer needed to learn to become somebody. And life is not about, oh, let's see if we can make this really fun or really easy or have a lot of money. It's all like the whole point of it is to learn stuff and become someone. So if you look at that with that perspective, regardless of how you feel about God or or otherwise, it just makes everything so much more fun and have meaning. So it doesn't matter what you're going through. You can have the faith that this there's a reason for this and it's going to be okay. One of my favorite things that my husband's mother framed, and I still I have it hanging in our house, was it'll be okay in the end. And if it's not, it's not the end. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. So I think John Lennon said that, actually. That's incredible. So, yeah, genius John Lennon. <laughs> words. <laughs> Spit out facts. <laughs> well, it's amazing because, I mean, one of the things as well is um, – something i've realized quite a lot is um when i was younger and i imagine you may have these moments as well looking back when you especially in your uh depression or when you were kind of uh in your formative years which is if we got everything we asked for be it asking god or otherwise we would destroy our entire lives when i was a teenager i wanted nothing more than to make a youtube channel and become ridiculously famous looking back i probably wouldn't be here right now if that happened to me because i would not have coped with fame of the level i thought i wanted at that point and there's loads of elements where i'm just like no i need this thing in my life i I just want it i just deserve it and then you look back and go if i got that i wouldn't have been happy i'd have been miserable <laughs> so i wondered if if you can attest to that kind of idea of just um you don't always know what you need you you know what you oh. want but what you want yeah. is rarely what you actually need in air quotes oh for sure when i was younger i spent all my time trying to prove that i had worth through doing things accomplishing things being somebody being good at stuff and i was good at a lot of stuff and I got scholarships and I was a really good athlete and a really great musician and none of it mattered. Like it didn't help my, I mean, it helped me with experiences, but it didn't help 
me improve my view of myself one little bit. You take any of those things away. I had a bad performance. My boyfriend dumped me. Uh, or if I did poorly in a race, suddenly my identity was destroyed. Like I was worthless. So my worth was tied to these things that ultimately don't give a person any worth. They're just things you do and they're character building, but they shouldn't define you. I held on to them for dear life because it's all I had. I didn't know what else to do, but, and I'm, and I'm glad I did them, but if I could go back, would I do all that stuff and kill myself trying to, you know, be the best at everything? No, (laughs) certainly not. I would have enjoyed life more. I would have focused more on connections and, and, um, you know, just not been terrified every time I had a race or a performance because I was afraid of failing. And, and I, I'm still working through some of that, um, fear of failure. You know, that's, that's still a thing. Um, I, I still find myself subconsciously avoiding different things because I'm like, oh, shoot, I'm, a, I'm afraid I'm going to fail at that. That's why I'm avoiding doing it. Or that's why I keep finding things to do so I don't have to do this. And then I'm like, gosh, dang it, you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned if something terrifies me, I do it. Mm-hmm. Um, if some, like I recently got suckered into, I didn't realize what I was doing. Um, but long story short, I got suckered into doing a thing where people have to vote for you online. And I was like, oh, I'm already humiliated. Oh, gosh. Like, I don't want to do this, but I'd already committed to it. So I did it. And I made a video. And I, you know, and I asked people to vote for me. And oh, that was hard. But I was, I, instead of being humiliated, um, I was just like, this is a learning experience. I get to put myself out on a limb where I'm so not comfortable and just ride this wave. And it's cool. Like, it's cool that I don't get a lot of votes. It's fine. Like I got, you know, I got like 150, but like other people can get thousands. I'm not at that point. So, and it's totally fine. So I just treated it like an exercise. Like I'm doing it. I said, yes, I'm going to go through with it and it's going to be okay. And then at the end of the day, I learned something from it. Yeah. And a lot of the time when you do something and you think, you know what the goal is, the, the actual thing you achieve from it is something completely different. Like of me with podcasting, it was something I've always had some sort of creative outlet um, since college and things. And so what podcasting, I was like, yeah, okay, I'll do that. You know, be good to talk with my friends, you know, get uh, have these important conversations and things because a lot of the time I was trying to have them on like a Friday night where me and my friends would hang out and play board games. And people are like, I don't want to talk about existential crises while, you know, playing Monopoly. That's not really, I, I just want to chill out. I've had a busy week. I don't want to delve into all that. Um, a couple of my other friends were like, yeah, I want to delve into that. And the rest of them were like, no, no, we can't talk about that for three hours or listen to you two talk about it for three hours, which what would happen. Yeah. And so when I launched the podcast, I was like, oh, that's what's going to be, that's what I'm going to get out of it. What actually happened is I've just been connected to so many incredible people such as yourself of just these amazing conversations I wouldn't have had if I didn't have the podcast. And the reason I started it isn't what I'm getting out of it. So whenever I think of, you know, one of the things I want to teach my kids is like, yeah, you know, if you want something, try and go for it, but just know that the thing that you think you really want isn't always actually what's going to give you what you think. Yeah. And because I got so many things that I wanted, Mm. And um, and realized it really wasn't what I wanted. No. So you know, after the fact. So being very careful what you wish for is another thing I've learned. <laughs> yeah. But on the the something that occurred to me, and I, I I don't know if this fits into what we're saying right now, but just maybe backtrack a little bit. The uh, Heart Math Institute, they're science based, and they have been able to do so many different science experiments based on the energy that the heart puts out. Mm. And um, one of the things that they've been able to measure somehow 
was that when, even if you're just, because I had a friend who was super, super, super sick and she was in a bed for like a year, like she couldn't really do anything and she felt like a burden and she felt, you know, very, very sad in that respect because she's such a giver. Like she didn't want to constantly be doted on and, and um, she didn't feel like she was worth much at the time. Just like, oh, like I'm just a waste of space. And uh, I told her, you know, you know, according to this science, you can literally sit on a couch or in a bed feeling grateful and that will put out more energy and basically dissipate all the negative energy that's within miles around you. You don't have to leave the house. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to talk to a single soul and you are making a difference. You just have to exist. (laughs) You just exist in a state of, I'm okay. I'm grateful for this bed. I'm grateful I'm not dead yet. Like that could be, you know, as good as it gets that day. But when you do that, gratitude has one of the most, uh, the highest vibrations there are. They can measure it versus um, shame, which is um, one of, I think, the greatest pitfalls of religion is shame. And it's it's a totally misunderstood concept that you should have to feel shame to repent or that you should have to feel shame to be a good person. Shame is one of the worst emotions out there. Like you get out of that as fast as you can. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to say, I wish I hadn't done that. But when you start falling into shame, it's just ugly. Um, but that the feeling of gratitude or in, in or enlightenment in any way, um, just existing in that state can diffuse all of that. Um, and it's so much more powerful than any negative emotion there is. So if you had 10 people in a room and they're all grumpy and one person was like, I'm not going to give into this. I'm going to feel okay. I'm going to be grateful that I'm not grumpy today. <laughs> then that has the power to diffuse that much or more. Um, Possibly, you know, just, I can't quote the science experiment or what it actually said in terms of numbers, but it was significant. Mm. I'll I'll make a note of that. So do you say it was, um, it was heart, was it math, sorry? Heart Math Institute. Institute, no worries. I'll put uh, details for that in the uh, show notes. I'll try and uh, see the study and things. But yeah, that sounds incredible. I'm going to look into that after a conversation i i love it when you get those sort of um like good news like a good news story it's like that's just the thing that brings a smile to your face just like it lets out good energy and it's uh, measurable it's like that's great who, who doesn't want to hear that amazing thing and um i want to ask as well um with with basically everything that's been going on in your life and all these sort of other elements obviously music is a big part of that you know music has been a part of that um because i think I, I wouldn't say specifically, but music in your family has been quite a big part for your entire life, really. Where did that sort of come from? Has your family always been musical or was it your older sibling? Like, I'm just very intrigued because I, I personally, I love music and um, I don't really play much. I, used to, I played keyboard when I was younger, but my, my brothers are in bands and friends of mine and stuff. And I just like music. I, I just love in so many different facets. So I wonder if you could talk to us a little bit uh, about that. Um, I do want to remi- remember m- remind myself, so I'm going to say it out loud. I want to ask you how you got into astrology as well, because I am intrigued by that, especially with a religious background. It's not the most common yeah. thing. So I do want to ask that. Yeah. But before you do, to that music how how did that kind of encompass sort of your, your family and things obviously so many of your siblings play instruments well it's kind of family oriented as far as ancestry goes just in our grandparents so my dad's mom was constantly writing poetry but they would be like a poem she sent us for our birthday catered to us like every year we'd get a poem or if i needed to memorize a poem for school she'd write me one <laughs> i could memorize and she wrote hundreds of songs, which I actually just finished. Her dying wish was to have her music preserved. 
So I spent about 10 years because it took me that long of just picking away at it because there was a lot of music, <laughs> but I digitized it all and I put it online so that anybody can buy it for a dollar. Oh, wow. And, and, but she, she was very musical. She'd make my dad and his siblings go sing for people or see, or teach them songs to sing in church. And, and it, it was a, not an option. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't grow up being amazingly musical. He did own a trumpet that he played until he got braces and then he stopped, but he kept the trumpet. And that's the one I started on because it was the only one we had. <laughs> we, we didn't have any money for instruments, but here's one you can play. And I thought the trumpet was amazing because it always gets to sit in the back of the orchestra where no one can see you but you still get to play really loud. So I like that idea that um, I wouldn't necessarily be front and center, but that I could make beautiful music and and just like scream all of that passion out that I had for, for so many years. Um, but uh, so I had so much about music that I love, but my mother um, was raised by an alcoholic in an alcoholic environment. So both of her parents drank and she always felt like she didn't get to do the things she'd always wanted to do as a child. And then she grew up and she didn't have any talents, according to her. So she'd always wanted to dance and she'd always wanted to play the piano and she always wanted a pony. And they just weren't aware of her needs because they were drinking so much. And so she chose not to go that course. And she kind of, I almost want to say with the total extreme opposite direction, <laughs> but I think for us it worked where she was like, as soon as we expressed interest, she was on it. And I kind of treat my kids like that because I had a mother like her, where I'm like, oh, you want that? You like that? And it's not like, oh, you want video games? Sure, I'll buy that for you. It's if they want an opportunity, I will make sure they get it. And um, if they're willing to work for it. And that was the case for us. So as soon as I expressed an interest, I want to play an instrument. She, We found a way to make that happen. As soon as Lindsay wanted to play violin, my sister, um, she... <laughs> found a way to make that happen, even though they had no money at the time. So, and it was like barter, trade and steal. Let's see how we can make this work. She started on a cardboard box, like with a teacher who cost $15, you know, <laughs> but, but like that was the start. And Brooke, she started on cello down the road. Once my dad got a job that was more consistent and she could afford lessons for that too. But um, it was always my dad was always playing classical music. You said uh, Emperor's New Groove is one of the least or the most um, what l less used or <laughs> unappreciated. I think Borodin is one of the most unappreciated classical artists out there. Uh, Paul Vetsian Dances was my favorite as a kid. And Rimsky-Korsakov's Scheherazade. And you could ask my sisters the same thing. They would probably tell you the same thing, too. We loved it. And... Uh, Christmas time was like getting those records out, the Christmas records and playing those. We were the last family on the block to get a CD player. Um, <laughs> we were always doing the records. And I, and, and I think it just, music has the power. And I think that's why I felt so gravitated to it is because you can kind of lose yourself and it's, it's a vibration. When you play notes, it vibrates literally. So it can kind of be very nurturing and healing in the moment that you're mastering that sound. Now mastering the sound takes some time. You can appreciate the masters while you're learning, <laughs> but actually being part of that I, as an adult, I'm not what I would consider like a professional musician. I play Easter Sunday. Sometimes we'll get paid to do that. And I play in a, a professional orchestra that doesn't get paid. We do volunteer. So <laughs> I don't earn a lot of money doing it. I teach lessons, but um, that twice a year that I play with that orchestra and choir, it's a thousand piece orchestra and a full, I'm sorry, a thousand piece choir and a full orchestra. 
And I get to sit smack dab in the middle because that's where the trumpet sits right in front of the or of the choir and behind the whole orchestra. And it is the most amazing surround sound you can possibly imagine. It just doesn't get better than that. And I mean, there it's a powerful feeling to just have your whole body be vibrating like that. That's why I do it. And um, just for the love of it. And I, I think that when you lose yourself in that purpose, it doesn't matter if you're making money. It doesn't matter if you are a professional or not. It's just, is it bringing you that, that joy and that, um, that journey, because it's really taken us all on a journey that we wouldn't have gone on otherwise. I can definitely say that. I, I majored in it in college. <laughs> so. it's, it's one funny thing I heard on one of the other podcasts you did. Um, I, I heard when you were speaking about you and your sisters, you've obviously got Lindsay on the violin and then Brooke on the cello and yourself on trumpet, and you were like, it was kind of like, yeah, we tried, but the three instruments put together, they don't really make that amazing sound. You kind of need a bit more or a bit less. Just those three put together, it doesn't yeah. really work. So I just, I loved that little anecdote. And I heard when you were speaking about sort of um, when the podcast was asking you about Lindsay and her career and things, and you were speaking about, you know, sheet music and that sort of stuff, that comment, it just cracked me up. So I just want to bring it up to you to say how much joy I got from hearing that. And just, I, I can imagine three young women just think, oh, we're going to sound great. And then all playing and being like, this doesn't really work. <laughs> Uh, we did do it for a talent show once, but it was goofy. It was to just be funny. And yeah. <laughs> and I have actually used it on some recordings. Like I do the karaoke tracks. I, I work with a guy who's a producer. He actually lives in Mexico and he sends me the track and I give him feedback, like fix this or make this louder, softer, or whatever. Um, I don't really like this instrument here. Can you replace it with something else? And um, we needed some, her recent album was a Christmas album and it incorporated some singing and he asked if I'd do the singing on it. And at first my gut went, oh, <laughs> like, I don't want to do that. And I was like, you're scared. You're doing it. <laughs> and so I I have a little recording studio, very, very small. Got bought it for my son because he's actually a good singer. I can like carry a tune, but I wouldn't call myself amazing or anything. But I do have a, you know, my voice sounds like Lindsay's. So I was able to do the vocals for these karaoke tracks and send them to him. And he was able to make them sound decent, you know, and, so, you know, even being able to do that, just silly things that you, you never thought would have thought. <laughs> I, I don't sing, but I did it for the karaoke tracks. That was kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing and it's uh, one other little funny anecdote i remember hearing uh was it was regarding your two sons which was like you know i think it was one of your sons i think it was the eldest was as you say like really good at singing very musical that sort of thing and then your uh, second son you were just like he tried singing and you're like where how where did this come from that's not good yeah. you are <laughs> gonna do sport <laughs> into sport you go <laughs> He does. He he doesn't like to sing that much because he. I think he's embarrassed because I, you know, I, I made the point that gosh, like the first time you sang it was terrible, and I think it embarrassed him. I feel bad, but <laughs> <laughs> so he's kind of self conscious about it, even though he can sing now. But yeah, he's all about sports, and my other son is all about like the flow. Like he just wants to dabble in everything, and he wants to act, and then he wants to play, and then he wants to do music, and he's just a free spirit. And I I love how different they are. Again, and I, I think putting anybody in a box and saying, this is how you should be. This is the, how you should do school. This is it. And I think that's the biggest problem with schools these days is it's one, fit, one thing fits all. Let's push you all through math, science. It's like, well, how much are you actually using this? AI is going to be taking all those jobs. Nobody's going <laughs> to care if you can do math. Nobody. Because a computer can do it. And it's, it's just like, is this what we're really valuing here? Like, how about we work on the heart? <laughs> 
and the kindness and empathy and storytelling, all the things that make us human. And I, I and, and you know, or playing a sport, being physical and connection. Those are the things that are going to matter. Like the world is changing fast. So I think that the old model of school is grossly outdated. Mm-hmm. And I'm really grateful for the options we have. Like I live in a state where homeschooling is an option. My older kids go to public school. They've loved it. Um, my baby, I'm planning to homeschool him. So, you know, different experience there. Never done it. We'll see. Yeah, well, I'm sure you'll be. I'm sure you'll smash it. I mean, it's it's not like I think when people hear homeschooling a lot of the time, they kind of go ooh, and they just think they they would first imagine somebody that an incredibly uneducated individual who doesn't know what they're talking about teaching their children uneducated things. But even <laughs> from like, not to say that I am a judge on anyone's uh, educational uh, intellect and things, but like you've got a you've got a major in music and things. You have obviously you are committed. You try really hard. All these sort of elements of things and every element of your life that you've spoken about, you've learned from. And I think that all of those elements are just basically if you want to be a good teacher, be it in a professional setting or in a homeschool setting, it's basically just be able to admit when you're wrong, uh being able to, you know, having that thirst for knowledge, I think is quite important, wanting to learn, not just teaching someone because you have to. Yep, you've got to learn about this because being like I want you to learn this. This is such an I- interesting thing. And I think if you have those two elements, just the thirst for knowledge and the willingness to accept when you are wrong, those two elements, you can take yourself so far with those two things. So oh, I think yeah. with you homeschooling, it's going to be, it would be incredible. I wish you'd homeschooled me because I did not have a great a great uh, <laughs> school experience. And a lot of it was one size fits all. I did okay academically uh, when it came to maths and stuff, but or as you guys call it, math. Um, but it's one of those things where I would just, I've got friends of mine, a, a good friend of mine called Alex has been on the podcast a couple of times. He is so intelligent, so intelligent. I'd probably wager he's smarter than I am. You go into the woods, he can tell you every plant. He hears a bird call and he can tell you what it is. He knows all the native birds. He All across the world, he's insane. But at school, because he couldn't do it in the way that they kind of put it, he was in one of the lower sets. And, so, and it was like, that knocked his confidence because he was like, I am I, th- I thought I was smart. Clearly, I'm an idiot because the education system's putting this on me. And for a while, it did take him a long time. But through that struggle, he now works with uh, a lot of kids who are um, either troubled kids, you know, the ones who are, they go to certain schools and it's like they have to have very specific kind of care for them before they'd potentially go to the equivalent of like a juvenile hall. And he always connects with kids like that, the air quotes difficult ones, the ones who are unruly. He always connects with those because he kind of knows where they're coming from in a lot of ways and i agree i think the school system both in the uk the us and uh, most of the western world it's not built for everyone it's built for like most uh, yeah like a it's a (laughs) a portion of people and they go this will be enough off you go (laughs) so completely agree with you there (laughs) but linking with that actually i want to ask um because we'll start to wrap up here because we've been chatting for an hour i could chat for another hour easy but we'll start to wrap up but i do want to ask about your astrology and things so obviously we touched upon it earlier how how did you get into it? Where did you... Obviously, everyone vaguely knows a bit about astrology, kind of connecting with the stars and star signs and that, but that's just like surface level stuff from what I understand from some of my friends who are a bit more uh, into it, I think more in line with yourself. So how how did you get into it, really? I'd, I'd love to know. Yeah, I've always been fascinated by it because when I would read certain things, I'm like, ooh, that's pretty accurate, you know, like for my my personality, you know, the sun. What I didn't realize is all of the other stuff. I, I, uh, for years, I would kind of dabble in it or check it out, but there, there's definitely kind of a dark side to it that I sensed. And I was just like, mm, you know, just didn't feel like it was the right person, the right time or, and so forth. And then I, I came, a friend of a friend came across, across this lady who was teaching light 
skilled astrology. She calls it eluxology now. <laughs> she coined the term. Illuminate um, looks is like the, the sun um, and light. And I was, and as soon as I found her, I was like, this feels good. Like this feels authentic. It feels like something I want to learn. And so at that point, I, I like I found my mentor. I took her class. Um, I now use it in my sessions when I, because I, what, my goal is to work with, um, and I've started doing this, but uh, working with people who want to overcome depression, who are like, I'm ready to do that. I at least consider the possibility that it's possible. Will you help me? And I'm like, yes. No, I have all kinds of tools, <laughs> pages of them that I, you know, just itemized because I've tried so many things just to see w- if it would help, you know? And with the astrology, I can kind of look at somebody's chart and kind of see how they tick before mm-hmm. I even meet with them to kind of know what not to say, what not, what maybe to say, or what will help them the most without even having talked to them yet. Whereas a lot of times you find that you spend the first session being like, who are you? <laughs> like almost like trying to figure out who this person is so you can help them. And it just gives me that jump start. It doesn't mean everything I'm internalizing or assuming is correct because it really is just a weather map. Um, and that's how I look at it. It's it's like I consider weathermen astrologers. Like they'll, they'll look at what's going on in, in space, in the, in the weather, in the clouds, whatever, and they'll deduce based on what I'm seeing it's probably going to rain today and people are probably not going to go outside in a swimsuit. I mean, it's just, just a, a deduction, right? But there's no for sure. It's just, here's what the, it might feel like. Here's the energy. And this is and based on your agency. What are you going to do with that agency? And you could, you know, do you like end up way over here because you made these choices or you could end up way over here because you made these choices. You'd be stuck right here because you made those choices. Um, but, you know, two people could have the exact same chart. It doesn't exist. But if they did, they could become two totally different people. But be, based on their response to that similar energy, like like twins, like twins are very often like polar opposites. So but I, I loved her focus on the fact that God was the center of the universe and that he made the stars and that everything revolved around him, you know, basically that he's the one who created it and that it says something that says something about us when we're born, they're in a very specific place. Scientifically, they have been able to show that the position of the planets and their pole, their magnetism does create different, um, that does affect the human behavior in a way like that'll make people either more grouchy or, um, more feeling more ease or sleepier or, or these different things. So there is an actual scientific basis for some of the astrology, which they actually call it a science back when Christ was born. If, if you believe in the Christmas story and the Magi, um, people like to say, Oh, well, they were astronomers. And I'm going, guys, like nobody looks at the stars as an astronomer and says, I think a king of God was born and that he was born right here. Like nobody does that. If they're an astronomer, nobody, it's the astrologers who do that. And I, and I did a little digging and found that people back then, they were both. If you were an astronomer, you were an astrologer too. And it, it, they were very closely linked together. It was considered a science and you could take, for example, if you knew where and where, where and when I was born or like, for example, in Christ's case, if you knew when King David was born and where he was born, they probably had his star chart. I can't prove that biblically, but I believe David was an astrologer. And if you knew that, 
and you knew that something is going off crazy right now in the sky and there's this new star and all of these other things, it seems to be saying something big is happening and wow, could this be the Christ? And then to go back and use math to figure out who David's parents were, like if you worked both directions, you could figure out where it was, like where this person's supposed to be born and when. Like the, it's just scientifically, mathematically possible. So that's kind of where I was like, there's something to this. I don't think man has all the answers, but I think it's really cool. And it's kind of fun to, it's been helpful for me in understanding my kids better, where the, what their needs are, because they are not me. They're not like me. And to be able to look at their chart and be like, oh gosh, uh, this is kind of suggesting that his mother isn't connecting in an emotional way that he needs. <laughs> Maybe I should work on that, you know? And uh, that maybe his greatest need is to be acknowledged or that my other son's need is differentiation. You know, these different things that can kind of give you a clue so that you're like, okay, like my way of parenting isn't really meeting this need. So maybe I need to cater it a little more to him or with your other relationships, your, your spouse, my mother. I really struggled with my relationship with my mom. And when I compared our two charts, oh my goodness, like I felt so much compassion for my mom because I could see how my chart was triggering her in just like all these different ways. And I was like, oh, poor mommy, you know, whereas before <laughs> I was like, my mom doesn't meet my needs. And, you know, just like that resentment that I had for my mom. I think a lot of people have mommy issues where they're like, well, they did the best they could. <laughs> they really did, no matter who it was. I don't think any person grows up thinking, I want to mess up my kid. <laughs> they, all, they all want to do good for their kids. And sometimes that passion turns into destructive behaviors that hurt your children because you're trying so hard or that you think they need this and they actually need that. And to be able to see that, um, it actually was really healing for our relationship. Um, so just being able to like, kind of get it and get the psychology part is what I love of mm. the astrology and the relationships and, and how you tick and what might help you move forward and all of those kinds of things. So what I love, um, listening to you speak about these elements, both with your relationship with God and also with the astrology and other elements of your life is kind of like you view all of them as not to reduce your relationship with God, but like tools in a tool belt in a sense of mm. there's an issue okay here's the issue let's try and use okay well god is a magnifying glass and then the, you know uh, astrology is like a mic uh the opposite of a magnifying glass I, i'm this uh, metaphor is being terrible but uh, how about a measuring tape there you go measuring tape is astrology god is a magnifying glass said it right here folks um but like these ideas where you i think you showcase some of at least in my view some of the best elements of astrology and a religious individual because I think some of the issues that come from um, astrology and spirituality or religion is when people are like, no, I've got the answers. It is this indisputably. If you don't believe me, you're wrong. And you're kind of like, I think God is guiding me this way. I'm going to go with what I think he's telling me. I think that with astrology, it seems to be like at least hinting or pushing towards this direction. I'm just going to assume that's correct in this scenario. Let's go with it. And then if it isn't correct, I'll learn from it using kind of guiding hands. And that's one of the ideas I, I love about the idea of God. And that's why I think when one pushes too hard on the literal, uh, literal god in a sense of everything is god's plan and every tiny tiny little thing that happens in the entire universe it was god's choosing for a specific reason that you can't comprehend and if people believe that that's completely fine but for me i'm more like i like the idea of a creator who's created and then is trying to help but it's like just like when you 
birth children when we've got our puppy like we've got our puppy i didn't birth it you know not possible <laughs> but when we got the pup into the house we were just like well let's try and do everything we can to have this pup not hurt itself we put it you know it, we're crate training it we made sure the lounge was uh dog proof to a degree that we made sure there's not chocolate on the floor anymore anywhere not that we really left chocolate on the floor but we made extra sure not to now and it's just things like we've created this thing and we can guide it and teach it but we we can't actually control it we can't literally force our dog to do anything and i quite like the idea of at least how i interpreting it is just like you like the guide the human experience is your own and however you live you can just take help from wherever whether it's peers or whether it's spirituality or god or whether it's astrology or combination of things and you're just like i don't know everything i'm trying my best but anyone who's willing to guide with you know without malicious intent when just these things these signs these feelings and i've tried doing it this way and it seems to keep working so i'm going to keep trying to do that i just want you to know that i really appreciate like not that you need me to validate you but i i, I just think i really appreciate the way you go about using religion for all of its best ways and astrology so i just want you to know as someone who doesn't necessarily believe in those elements that i really really appreciate it and i wish more people in this world followed god in a similar way that you do i think that you've actually hit the nail on the head there yeah and you i couldn't have said it better (laughs) that was beautiful (laughs) honestly and the funny thing is when i was depressed you know i was brought up religiously i misinterpreted misunderstood so many facets and um themes of what I was being taught that I was that person. I was that judgy, you know, like you do it this way and that's the only way. Boy, was I miserable. I mean, that is not the truth. Like I think people get stuck on the black and whiteness of things and and that, you know, God is black and white. And I mean, kind of maybe some a bit really what you said, it's it, this, this is not God imposing life on every creature. This was, I believe, something we signed up for. Mm-hmm. We're like, I want that experience. And he's like, cool, I'll provide it for you. And it'll be like, and then we get all these experiences like a game board. And he puts us down here and he's like, yay, you go. And then he expects us to like make choices and use our agency. And and um, I think the opposite of that is control. Like that is not the God that I have realized exists or the, the energy that is that brings joy. It's all about agency. In fact, I won't even use the word should anymore. I use the word can. I don't use the word can't. I use the word could. Like if you replace the word could with should, it's a totally different energy. It goes from shame to opportunity. And uh, I, that's really what this world is all about. It's using your agency, learning how to find joy, have joy. We're not supposed to suffer till we die. That is a truth. I can't emphasize that enough. There is no God out there who would be like sentencing this person to misery for the rest of their life because they've struggled with a men- mental disorder. Like you were meant to struggle with this so you could overcome it and then start helping other people. And and I I know a lot of people who don't. But ultimately, it is a choice. When I decided, that's when things started changing. And it and it looks so different for every person. So I can't say that, oh, well, it's going to be easy peasy. I mean, it was, a, it was a difficult road, but boy, was it worth it. And you just kind of have to be brave enough to believe that it's possible. Because I think a lot of people are afraid to believe in that possibility. Because what if they're disappointed or, you know, all these things? Well, I mean, just have the faith that anything is possible. And that your road is not going to look like mine. And that that's totally cool. <laughs> that it's not supposed to. And But to just start moving forward. And when, when you do, 
like uh, you, you buy a puppy or you make that choice and or you look at your chart chart and you're like, I think this is saying this. And you start moving forward. If it feels wrong, stop and be like, OK, maybe this isn't the right thing. Like something's trying to tell me not to go any further. And if it feels good, then that's the green light. Keep going. Amazing. I completely agree. It's it's one of those. So we'll, we'll wrap up here. Um, before I you know uh, press stop on the recording or anything like that, please. I'll put details in the show notes. There's lots of things that you've mentioned here. You know the HeartMath Institute. Um, I've also your grandmother's music as well. I'll get you um, if you're willing to send me a link, and I'll put that in the yeah. show notes. I'd love to. It's only a dollar. I'd love to buy that and listen to some of your grandma's <laughs> music. That sounds amazing. And then I've also uh, noted the classical music as well. Um, it was did you, did you say Borodin? Sorry. Yes, B-O-R-D-I-N. Oh, wonderful. That's why I spelt it. <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> um, absolutely fantastic. So I'll put details of those things in the show notes for everyone. But uh, before we wrap up here, just tell everyone uh, where they can find you, uh, your website, any sort of other things you want to plug before we uh, finish recording. Yeah, uh, my website is imaquarius.com. My socials on Facebook and Instagram are right there. Uh, I'm Aquarius Jen. Um, and I do offer sessions on my website. If people want to sign up to do a session with me, it could be just chatting about issues you're having, or we could look at your star chart. So it's different for everybody. So it's been a lot of fun. <laughs> and I'm so glad you asked me to come talk to you today. It's It's been a joy. Thank you so much. No worries. It's been a joy speaking with you. You know, whenever I speak to someone with such a positive energy, such as yourself, it always gives me a, a spring in my step as well. So just thank you for letting out positive vibes and things. And uh, if people are put a tiny little thing, because I didn't want the overshadowing of this conversation to be your sister is Lindsay Sterling a famous violinist uh to be honest my favorite violinist in the world and i, I love the <laughs> instrument the violin so being able to connect with you like I, I want to mention that just because of people going she keeps referencing her sister and Lindsay and violins is like is it yes it is that person that you're thinking of friends and i'll i'll put a link to, in the description as well to a bit of Lindsay's music but you know i really want this conversation to be about yourself and i really found that you know speaking with someone like you it's just so valuable i think for listeners to be able to hear the positivity and the perspective but also just to really feel it to, to really feel your enthusiasm and your positivity knowing that you've been through so much hardship so all the links will be in the description and just once again thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me yes, likewise thank you so much and that's the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, as always, my friends. As I said in the intro, make sure you check out the details in the show notes. You've got Jennifer's website, her social media, her grandmother's music, an orchestra slash choir that she's involved with called Millennial Choirs and Orchestras, as well as a link to the Heart Math Institute as well. Loads of amazing things in the show notes on top of those things, which I'll delve into in a little bit. But what have we got coming up next week? Well, I'm hoping to record an episode with a certain Star Wars author tomorrow, so that will hopefully be released the following Sunday. Then the week after that, I imagine I'll release another conversation around religion and spirituality, which I've recorded with BZ The Voice and Ms. Tonya Todd, two incredible people. It will be a two-parter. I think I'll be releasing that. However, around that time, I'm also going to be recording Disney Discussions number six, obviously with Megan, Rhea, and Spider-Dan, and it's another one of my picks, and it's underrated animated Disney movies. So I may end up putting that in there instead and then doing the two-parters the week after just to kind of give a little bit of a break between religion and spirituality episodes because I try and give different conversations each week and I don't want it to sound like the same thing each week either. So they're the kind of general things you can expect for the coming weeks. There's a few other things in the pipeline that I'm quite excited about as well, but I'll delve into those once I've actually got the recordings down. 
In addition to that, I've recently released the first episode of a new Star Wars show. There's going to be four episodes of it this year, and that is called Rebels Reviewed. So myself, Math, and Dave Horrocks, both of the Comics in Motion family, we basically sat down and watched season one of Star Wars Rebels and spoke about it. You can watch the full YouTube video version on Genuine Chit Chat's YouTube channel, or you can listen to the full audio version. I believe I put it on this feed last week, I think, actually. So me saying about that, you should have already listened. You already know about that. But in case you haven't, go check that out. We will be releasing more episodes of that in the coming weeks, but that segues nicely into the Mandalorian weekly discussion shows. So on the feed of Comics Emotion and on my YouTube channel, I often do weekly discussion shows when live-action Star Wars content is released. I did it for Book of Boba Fett, Andor, Kenobi, and I'm doing it for Mandalorian Series 3. Got a wide variety of guests that a lot of people listening to his discussion episodes haven't heard before, so it's going to be a really, really cool time. I think it's eight episodes of Mandalorian, so that'll be ongoing for eight weeks. Then I imagine after that we'll release the second episode of Rebels Reviewed, and so on and so forth will probably go on throughout the year. You know, try and split it up a little bit, a couple of months between each episode, but not too long. In addition to that, you can follow me on social media at Genuine Chits Chat. You can sign up to the Pop Culture Collective newsletter that I am a contributor for. The link to that is in the description. Myself, Tony Farina, Dave Horrocks, lots of members of the Comics Emotion family and those adjacent to that, including Spider-Dan and Rhea Carrigan that I mentioned earlier. They all contribute to this amazing newsletter. It's a great way to keep up to date with things going on in and out of the podcasting realm, especially things I'm involved with if you don't want to have to follow me on all the social media platforms and watch out for those things. So make sure you check that out. It's an incredible initiative started by Super Dummy Paul. So really, hats off to Paul, he's a great guy. In addition to that, you can check out my Star Wars podcast on the feed of Comics and Motion or on my Genuine Chit Chat YouTube channel. You never have to have picked up a Star Wars comic in your entire life to enjoy the show. I've specifically crafted it, so if you've either read the comics I'm tackling every week before, or if you've never read them before, you still get something out of it because I go through the plot details, I explain what's going on, and in a midst that I give additional information on content that's connected, including trivia, planets, species, and characters that pop up, and connections to other content to widen your horizons on Star Wars. And then on top of that, you can support me by going to patreon.com slash genuine chits chat. For as little as £1 a month, you get access to over 140 episodes of Afterthoughts, the majority of which are myself and my partner Megan going through movies or TV shows that we've been watching and giving our reviews on them. Most of them are only sort of 10 minutes long, some of them are 20 minutes long, but some of them go up to like half an hour, 40 minutes. It's kind of a mixed bag. But in addition to that, we also talk about like trips we've been on recently, live performances we've seen, lots of different things. But you get one episode of those every week, and some weeks you get two episodes as well. Plus, I do Star Wars Legends book reviews on and a lot of other things there so it's great to support the show you get loads of additional content and it is only one pound a month so please consider checking that out and a big shout out to my patreon supporters because thanks to them i managed to buy a new piece of equipment a tascam audio recorder which i will be using when i go to star wars celebration and it's just really great for recording on the go so huge huge thank you to everyone who supported me on patreon because your money is not being wasted i'm just feeding it straight back into the podcast I think that's going to be enough from me, my friends, so just make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash genuinechitchat. Follow me on social media at genuinechitchat. Obviously, check out my Patreon if you feel like you can contribute financially to my show, and I hugely, hugely appreciate it if you can. But if you can't and you still want to help out the show, you can share on social media, tell your friends about it, and also rate and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, and all those wonderful places. But thank you so much for listening. As always, my friends, I really appreciate each and every one of you listening, and I'll talk to you next week, potentially with a Star Wars author. You have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit-chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.